Hello and welcome to the JNM podcast. My name is Jeanette. Um, I am away from LA right now, but I am bringing a guest in for this episode, and her name is Jennifer Chen. Uh, we've known each other since college. Um, so yeah, welcome, Jennifer. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, do you have like anything that you want to say or? I've been sort of going on a, a French movie craze because uh, my boyfriend's French and I've been trying to learn French better. I, I found that watching French movies helps and also they're all kind of weird and so I, I kind of like that too. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's kind of weird. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like pretty weird. <laughs> but yeah, so today we are going to be talking about the 1991 dark comedy film Delicatessen, right? Delicatessen? Well, I found out because he said it, and it's actually pronounced Delicatess. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's basically, uh, it's like German slash French for like deli shop. That's basically what. Um, So this was directed by uh, Jean-Pierre Genut and Mark Caro. And it was written with both of them along with Gillis Adrian. Uh, And then I got most of my info from Wikipedia and IMDB. And the cast, uh, do you want to start off, Jennifer? Sure. Dominique Pignon plays Louison, who's like the protagonist of the film. And he's in Alien Resurrection, Amelie, and the City of Lost Children. Mm-hmm. And then there's Marie Lorraine <laughs> Dugnock. Dugnock? Dunyak. Dunyak, sorry. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Who plays Julie Clappett. Um, she's known for dubbing roles for French films, for like the French language. Um, like, this is like one of the three films that she actually performed in and all were from uh, Jean-Pierre's uh, films. So it was this one. Do you think she was sleeping with him? Oh, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it was only a, up until, like, the late 90s because, like, I think, like, he's continued to make film. Maybe. I don't know. But... <laughs> I don't know as an actress you know like if you're only if you're only acting in films for this one guy it's a little suspicious but who am I to judge hey maybe maybe she was a friend I don't know yeah, but uh, yeah I mean like a lot of a lot of these actors that were in this film have also been in other Jean-Pierre films a lot of them were in City of Lost Children a couple were in a very long engagement Somewhere in Emile. So he's more like of a just like a, a mafia of actors. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a collaboration. Like I wonder if like they all like came out of college and they're like, oh, let's like all make films. Like I, maybe it was that type of thing. But yeah, she plays uh, kind of like the damsel in distress or like the romantic interest um, of Louison. But yeah, she dubbed roles for Big Daddy, Blade 
uh, Trinity, The Grudge, and Lord of the Rings. And most of them were like the female lead roles in it. Um, and I know for Lord of the Rings, she did uh, Liv Tyler's role. So whatever she um, played, I think she was like an elf. Like, like she did the French um, language of that. Uh, so next we have like, your favorite elf in Lord of the Rings. So for <laughs> the elf community, honestly, like I only know her, Kate Blanchett, and then like Martin Freeman. Like I don't remember anyone. <laughs> Anybody else? Well, okay, I remember Orlando Bloom because he played Legolas. <laughs> Oh, Orlando Bloom, like, yeah, but it's, like, I, I haven't seen him in, like, any roles since then. Like, it's mostly been, like, the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran him over once <laughs> while driving around LA. I was in Beverly Hills dropping something off at a, a CEO's house, and I, you know, the, the hills are really windy there, and I, I went around this corner, and there was a guy standing in the middle of the street, and right after I, like, almost ran him over, and he, like, backed away, I saw him in my rearview mirror and it was just this guy who looked like Orlando Bloom in a robe and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like you you like set the design something and then he comes up to you and is like, hey, I know you. You're the lady that ran me over, right? <laughs> so let's move on the next one is Jean-Claude Dreyfus um he plays the he plays a butcher yeah I was supposed to write that he played the butcher but apparently I didn't (laughs) but yeah he's he plays a butcher he's like a well-known French actor but I only remembered the city of lost children and a very long engagement (laughs) Because, like, he's been in, like, a bunch of other ones. Same thing with everyone else. So I'm like, I don't remember any of these. But I do remember Emil and then the City of Lost Children. Um, but that's kind of... <laughs> um, then you have Karen Viard, uh, Viard, uh as Mademoiselle Plesse? Plesse? Yeah. Probably. Uh, she's been in a bunch of French <laughs> films that I cannot pronounce. Do you want to pronounce these? Try, try. Okay. Uh, L'emploi du temps, adulte, mode d'emploi, d'emploi, and la princesse enchantée. Yes, she played in those. So, <laughs> uh, and then we have tricky. Holgado, uh, who plays Marcel Tapioca, and he played in one fen- French film <laughs> that I. Une époque formidable. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's uh, most of the main cast. There, there are other ones, uh, but these were the ones that were primarily in the film. Um, so the backstory, uh, it's unknown what the inspiration of the film was. Um, Jean-Pierre uh, stated that he got the idea for um, a cannibal butcher when he was living in an apartment that was above a butcher shop. Apparently each morning 
at 7 a.m. he would hear the metallic clashes of the knives um, and a voice shouting chop chop. And then his girlfriend would then say, oh, the butcher is carving the neighbors and it will, and we will be um, next, like next week or something. We're gonna be chopped up next week. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, he's like killing all of our neighbors and we're next type of thing. <laughs> um those people from last week who were getting the mail yeah (laughs) yeah and then there's like another source where he also stated that he got the idea of the movie in 1988 when he vacationed in the U.S. and he stated that the foods from the hotel uh, that he visited were so bad that it tasted like real humans and I'm like, well, like, it's a hotel food. Like, come on. Like, no one gets food at a hotel place. Like, yeah. It's like, go to a restaurant. Like, if he, if he went to a diner, I'll be like, okay, like, it's a decent meal. Like, it's... like artists can be like that sometimes where they just trap themselves in one place and, like, are only there, you know? Like, I thought, was it Hemingway or Fitzgerald? One of them used to just hole up in a hotel. Like, they would pick a hotel in a famous city, like New York or Paris, and then just, like, only stay in that one hotel the whole time they were there. <laughs> Eat, smoke, right, do whatever in that one hotel. No, I mean, I would go crazy if that's, if I do that. Like, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> Um, So this was um, the first full film that Cara and Janut uh, made, but it was actually planned after the City of Lost Children was refused. So apparently um, when they were trying to uh, get a producer to um, fund the City of Lost Children, a lot of producers wouldn't fund it because they thought it was too expensive at the time. And then also because since they were up and coming directors and preferably new directors that they didn't want to put um, all this money in and then not see any like profit out of it. So they actually uh, decided to make uh, this film. And then once like, I guess they got notoriety, then they uh, did the City of Lost Children. Uh, And because of the budget issue, um, the film was cut to $3 million with a restricted set. So most of the cast were family and friends of the director. So it probably explains why they continued to work together and most of the props were old uh, scavenge stuff. So it was just like random things they found at like a thrift store or uh, whatnot. Um, the film- I like it. And I feel like that almost helped to uh, like encourage this guy's circus thing. Louis- Louison is like a, <laughs> he's like a circus artist, right? And I feel like all that kind of random stuff, you would definitely be able to find in like a thrift store. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, especially, like, maybe, like, an antique store. Yeah, yeah. they would just walk in and be like, oh, my God, this would be perfect to, like, you know, help his whole circus entourage. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I actually like the props that they got. I honestly thought that they got it from, like, like maybe, like, a 
um prop shop that was just like nice to like lend them the stuff you know <laughs> but but yeah but they did a good job like it was pretty um close to what like the film uh came about so the film won best editing uh best debut film best production design uh and best writing at the caesar awards and it's like a spanish um yeah it's like they're kind of oscars basically um and then at the european film awards it won for best sound design what? nope <laughs> <laughs> sorry like, thank you me too <laughs> yeah nora's with me so <laughs> um and then after at the BAFTA Awards that year, it was nominated for Best Film, not in an English language. That's like literally the title of the award. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it lost to, um, I forgot, but I think it was like a Spanish film or something. Yes. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the plot. So the film starts off, um, in a dilapidated um, apartment building in a post-apocalyptic France. Um, and it includes a butcher shop at, on the ground floor. So it's kind of unknown of how like the post-apocalyptic events happen. Like they don't, they don't really mention like how it came about, but they do mention that food is in short supply and grain is used as currency. Uh, so we see this unknown man who's like watching through the window, kind of like waiting for the garbage truck to arrive while Clappets, the butcher, sharpens his knives. Uh, once the truck arrives, um, the unknown man covers himself in paper products and foil and then he positions himself inside one of the garbage um, like cans. However, when, um, I guess like when the, um, one of the garbage people went to pick up the can that the guy was in, they couldn't pick it up, like it was pretty heavy. So then you just see um, inside the, garbage can of like the guy kind of like waiting hesitantly <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then like the the lid opens and then like the butcher basically pulls him um inside the butcher shop and then basically kills him and the next day or maybe later that day uh the tenants uh, from the apartment um head over to the butcher shop to pick up their meat cuts and while the tenants buy their meals, their meats, uh, Louison, an unemployed circus clown, arrives uh, at the building looking for, um, I think it was for a job, it was, or was it for an apartment? I think it was for both, because he basically he saw an ad in a newspaper that was like, handyman needed for like, odd jobs, and then also, you know, like board will be provided and you'll get to see i forget which uh neighborhood it was but it was like south side or something like that like you'll yeah. get to take them to the south yeah yeah so um so he gets there and be like hey like do you have like is a job still open and 
uh, when Clabbit no notices him and notice how thin he is, he said like, oh no, the job's already taken. But then he changes his mind like after like, I don't know, I don't know for whatever reason, but he was like, oh yeah, you, like you can come, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Like he's like, no, no, it's, it's like nothing's available. But then comes around and be like, "Oh no, we do have a spot." <laughs> it's like, um, maybe you just saw something in him that he liked. You know, you know when you meet somebody and then you think that they're kind of weird or you don't really like them, and then after more time, you're like, maybe this person is cool and has something to offer. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe, maybe because he he saw his like clown shoes or like maybe like some like circus thing yeah maybe that's why he was like oh yeah you can come in so then um when Louison is like fixing like the lights um like one of the tenants spots him and then complains to clap it saying like oh the guy's too thin and they won't have enough meat um on him so it's kind of implying that they basically lure um victims into the apartment like by posting like the job slash like housing um only to murder them and then use like basically their meat as like a cheap source of like protein or like for food basically i think there's a major food shortage in because of the post-apocalypticness right because everybody's like when the tenants start to complain and they're like, oh, like maybe it'd be better out there and like not in this whole system because the butcher has like a system, right? Where he like, they do this thing where he lures them in and then he, he like pays the mailman for putting in the ad in the newspaper. But then like the tenants, like they, they like the system, but they also don't because they know that if they get stuck in the hallway, because they basically have a rule the butcher system where if you're in the hallway at night you're fair game to be killed and eaten <laughs> at night inside of this uh apartment okay <laughs> yeah like um yeah i agree like because it's just like kind of like interesting where they kind of like subtly bring up the cannibalism that they're doing it's like it's almost like they're relying on the butcher to um, lure these people in and then kill them for the source of meat. But then it's like, if they don't have the butcher, it's almost like, well, like, I don't want to kill someone that like that type of thing. Like, yeah. it's kind of like where you kind of think about it. It's like, am I willing to kill someone for meat? <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but he, I, butcher says, he's like, oh, it's way worse out there like nobody has food like you guys should be lucky to be in here in my system yeah it's almost like a very like um <laughs> dictator like yeah. Dictator yeah it's like they the government kind of is like disintegrated and so it's like you have these like apartment buildings having their own government in a way um but yeah so uh while uh Louison continues to do his like routine um he actually meets Julie Clappett who is the butcher's daughter and she isn't a meat eater like she's actually vegetarian 
and so is Luison. So that's kind of how like they connect. And then like over the course of the um, film, like they start to develop a relationship that goes from like a friendship to then, you know, romance. Uh, so when Mademoiselle Pluset, um, when her undies were taken by the building's children, uh, Louise, Louison manages to take, um, take like the undies because like they got caught on a lamppost and then he manages to cut the undies like down by having this like Australian knife and it's like this three blade boomerang. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he just like throws it out. Yeah. Like, the lamp goes where the undies are and it like chops them and the underwear drops. Yeah, and then it comes back to him. Like <laughs> and then like um the lady is like all like up in arms about it. it's like, oh you're so like cool, like you got a knife. <laughs> but he like, they make him a really likable character because like in the beginning, not only is he friending the butcher's daughter and we see that he's like a really, even though he's like a sort of serious guy is like, he can do handyman things and light bulbs and whatnot. But he also is like very funny and silly and has this childish like side of him. Cause we see him playing with the kids in the apartment, he's like blowing bubbles. And that's the first time that Julie sees him and she's like, oh, this guy likes playing with bubbles. He's cool. And then when he goes up to her apartment, they're like playing music and they're, you know, they're having a good time and he's super silly. And the woman sees him, Madame Plusset, when he like throws things, she's like, oh, he's cool too. He's like the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like it kind of like questions like, oh, should we like kill him for the meat? Because yeah, it's like he's, so yeah. Yeah. So, um, it causes um, Clapet to kind of like, again, question like whether he should kill um, him right now. Uh, so then this causes like the tenants to complain that, oh, like they need to eat meat. Like they're running out of uh, their rations. Uh, so then <laughs> Clapet ends up talking to Marcel, who's one of the tenants uh, to give up his, I'm assuming his mother-in-law or was that his actual mom? I think it was his mother-in-law because it was his wife who was like, I could have at least gotten a chance to say goodbye. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's like, okay, like I need your mother-in-law. And then Marcel's like, uh, like, okay. So he kind of like does this thing where he basically throws the mother-in-law's yarn who, which like she reuses over and She's, over to make this in front of the TV. And so, yeah so, so then he throws the yarn down the stairs and then turns off the tv which causes the uh, mother-in-law to wake up and then gather up the yarn the yarn only to encounter clap it now at first like when she interacts with him like he he's like okay i'm gonna kill you so you're gonna have to scream and then she's just looking at him and then he's like no like scream come on like Act. I think he only wants to kill them if they scream. You know, yeah. Nice factor. <laughs> yeah, like she wouldn't scream, and then he's like, <laughs> like has this like face that's. <laughs> do it, do it, please. <laughs> I can kill you now. Yeah, 
and then like it, it what kind of confused me was like you could hear footsteps going down the stairs of someone else and then she also she okay i know <laughs> she sees a spider that's like on the ceiling which causes her to scream but then it's kind of confusing because like for a moment i thought that someone else was going to come down and then Clapa was going to kill that person because it was a total different scream it was like a, a male scream right mm-hmm. well so what i think happened was uh when marcel and the church talking and the butcher was like trying to convince him to give up his mother-in-law i think also what went into the plan was oh if we lure your mother-in-law down and she screams and the circus guy thinks somebody's in danger and he comes to rescue them then we can get the circus guy too or him instead of your mother-in-law you know and you only have to use her as bait but then so when we see like the whole back and forth between uh, the butcher's face and the grandmother's face. And and then we cut to like the footsteps walking down the stairs, like the shoes walking, coming down the stairs that are male shoes. Like, I think it's supposed to imply that like, oh, it's the butcher trying to come and like rescue her because he hears the screams. But then later we find out it's another one of the tenants who is in love with somebody else who lives in the apartment complex. And he thought it was her screaming, so he needed to come out and rescue her. Because, like, we find out later his leg was chopped off and, like, the whole grandmother or the whole mother-in-law butcher thing. Because the butcher thought it was the circus guy. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Because, like, I got a little confused at that part. Like, I know that the mother-in-law probably kind of was killed because we didn't see her for the rest of the film. But, like, the footsteps kind of confused me. But, like, that explains everything. <laughs> At least that's the way I saw it. It was, like, Marcel was, like, okay, well, if I, if my grandmother lures out the circus, then she doesn't have to die. And that's why the butcher was, like, scream, scream, scream. Nobody can come down and, you know, I don't have to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, like, it was just a funny moment. And then... I was like too busy laughing that like I didn't understand it's like oh wait what what just happened (laughs) yeah it was really funny when he came down and he's like why aren't you screaming and then she like she was just like yeah and she saw a spider and she was like "Ah!" (laughs) and then he started screaming right like he's like "Ah!" (laughs) yeah um so moving on um when julie finds out that her father is planning to kill louise on uh julie goes to the sewers uh to make contact with the tro troglodytes troglodytes okay which is basically a group of uh vegetarian rebels that live underground um, so she per- she meets up with them and then persuades them to rescue Louison. But then when they arrived at the apartment, uh, she told them that uh, Louison was going to be in his apartment. Like it's like on this floor and it's like by this window or something like that. But then when they get there, they end up um, kidnapping uh, Mademoiselle uh, Plusse. And... <laughs> so then they bring her back to the sewers 
and then once they realize that they made a mistake they just go back and then leave her there it's like oh yeah you could find your way back and the guy who comes back and he's like he kisses her and he's like oh in case i don't come back (laughs) it's like dude you're not like some like warrior like (laughs) i think that's what they think they are because he's like oh you know what i do is so important and i'm a rebel against this whole post-apocalyptic meat eating yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's pretty funny and then like you you have like this montage of like her going like trying to figure out how to get out and then she gets out and then it's like all like covered in dirt and everything um so yeah uh so meanwhile uh clap it and then the other uh, tenants decide to storm louison's apartment to murder him um so louison and julie they basically blockade the front door um i'm assuming it's her apartment um or someone's apartment because i i don't think it's his apartment oh i think it is louison's apartment well because he knows the he knows it so well because when they do the whole like when they block the door and when they escape into the bathroom and he knows exactly what to do to hold them off for longer i feel like it's because it was his apartment and he like knew the space okay sorry if like i'm like wait what's this what's that (laughs) okay maybe it's not (laughs) yeah i don't know maybe it was just an apartment that they just like broke into i don't know but (laughs) uh, he could have just seen the space and been like i know what to do yeah yeah so he basically they blockade the front door and then as um the tenants were kind of like breaking into the front door they go into the bathroom and they flood that bathroom like they they kind of like stuff and block all the like the cracks under the door yeah any of the cracks and then they burst like the pipes open and then they turn all the sinks like the sink and then they turn the bathroom the bathtub on just to flood the place and then it basically gets to the point where it's like almost like I would say a foot left of it's like, like just yeah <laughs> yeah just like a foot um, of air left that when the tenants break through and clap it opens the bathroom door it like causes this huge flood um, that causes um, the other tenants to be pushed out into the stair uh, well and then injuring most of them because like I think it was just clap it and then like Marcel's wife that were kind of unscathed by it and then everyone else were either passed out by the <laughs> by the huge amount of water that attacked them or they just like got knocked unconscious um but yeah so thinking that the coast was clear uh, Louison and Julie were going to leave the bathroom however due to the heavy amount of water that was in the room it actually causes the floor to collapse so then Louison is holding on to the toilet because for some reason that was the strongest object that <laughs> that stayed in place <laughs> so yeah um, so they she's holding on to like the side like onto the pipes and like doesn't have a lot of room um so she's trying to like 
kind of get to Luizon. But then when that happens, uh, Clapit and um, Marcel's wife uh, meet up to the duo, but then they're kind of like the one floor down, but then they can see them. It's like, on the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're basically in the dining room of the apartment down below, um, looking up to them. So Clapit um, is holding uh, Louison's boomerang knife and is like, oh, I'm going I'm to kill you. So then he throws the knife at Louison. But because of the way it is and the way it's designed, it basically inadvertently comes back to Clapit and kills him in, by like stabbing him in his head. Like it basically went through his head. <laughs> And I love that this moment was foreshadowed too because like earlier when he threw it, Madame Clouset was like, oh wow, that's so cool. And he was like, yeah, but it takes like, you really have to know what you're doing in order to throw the knife. Otherwise something bad can happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause like, I think like that moment with the undies when he was trying to like cut them down, mm-hmm. like it was kind of like hinting like, oh, this is, gr- it's a boomerang basically. So it's going to come back yeah. um, eventually. <laughs> Kill an unskilled user. Yeah. So I think that's kind of um, the fact that Clappet didn't know how to use the boomerang caused him to, you know, get killed. Uh, so in the end, uh, Louison and Julie play music on the roof while the two boys imitate their movements in the background and that's the end of the movie <laughs> now there is like there is like other stories like within the main story so you do have that one couple that um, it's like two guys that are like making these like what is it called like it's like this toy that makes like the cow and goat sounds like yeah. if you turn it so you use the tuner to hear the sound and if it's not like the exact sound a cow makes or whatever he throws it out because it's like not a good can <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they are like kind of i'm assuming they're like a working couple and um like it's like a working duo um <laughs> yeah two dudes they're working together <laughs> and it and it's so funny because it's like are they making money out of this like job it really seems like they're not but also they that's all they do all day is like make these like weird yeah. sounds yeah um so you have that um and then like one of them uh and it's like the guy with like kind of like the bald head um, he has a crush on this lady who's married um, and like this is like a lady that's kind of like um, like posh like she's very like upper class out of like all the uh, tenants and like she likes him but then she also feels like that she's like hearing voices in her head and so she tries to commit suicide <laughs> but then every time her to commit suicide basically yeah they're like you don't like this world like there's nothing that it offers you here yeah like the voices are telling us like oh like you should you should kill yourself you should like you should come with us to the other side and so she like keeps doing these things 
by like um like if someone's like hitting the buzzard in the front uh by the front door then like it's going to cause like the um sewing machine to go on which would then pull the lamp into the bathtub but then it it doesn't go the way she plans and it was another part um where she had like this like typewriter that was above her head um and that didn't work so then she tried to do this like massive like suicide thing by like holding these pills and then like having a noose on her neck and then like having a shotgun in front of her <laughs> so that is quite hard you have to commend her on her like perseverance to try and kill herself and oh not- yeah like none of it works like when her husband actually like tries to break into the kitchen because uh, this is all in the kitchen she um like the shotgun accidentally shoots like um the noose and then which causes her to fall down but then as she's like trying to swallow the pills like it actually makes her spit it out it's like all this like stuff happened and then when her husband comes in it's like oh you're trying to kill yourself like (laughs) and she's like i fell yeah (laughs) and he's like yeah you fell yeah then meanwhile um the ball-headed guy who likes her um started notice noticing hearing voices in the bathroom and then when he opens the door it turns out it's his working partner that's the one that's actually putting like the voices in the lady's head basically uh, and so they get in a fight and then I think because um, the lady still had the stove on and I think it was something about the light switch or something that it caused like an electric electric shock, which then causes like the apartment to blow up. So she, she ends up dying. She ends, yeah, she ends up getting killed by like the oven but like it wasn't by suicide it was like because her husband turned on the light (laughs) well I think he wanted to no I thought like when he was walking out of the room he like saw that he noticed the stove was on and he was like or the burner was on so I guess CO2 is released into there and he was like oh if I do this I thought I saw him like throw a match or something in there or maybe it was something like that but and I feel like it was intentional that he did it because he realized like she had been trying to kill herself all these times. Yeah. Actually happened. And so they both died. <laughs> because he loves her like the whole time, even though she was like having an affair with like this other dude making yeah. cow noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I on it, in my opinion, like I don't think he was suicide like her. I think like it was more of like by accident like she wanted to kill herself but then like he he thought that like the relationship was fine like you know he didn't like True. I think I he think didn't they, see any problems with it so maybe it wasn't yeah I think like he kind of like didn't understand that his wife was <clears throat> having like suicidal thoughts like I think like him just going into the kitchen to and then like accidentally causing like the um gas to explode like I think that was like more 
like on accident like he didn't think that the stove was on maybe he sniffed it I don't remember I only saw the film like once (laughs) and I'm like okay I got everything like because I wrote this after the film after watching the film I was like okay I got this and not realizing that oh no I'm I don't got this (laughs) I mean it's a movie it's like what do they say there's that story of like this famous author and like a like a classic book that everybody teaches in like all the literature school and all the literature classes in school and all the all the teachers are like analyzing it to death and the author's just like that's not what I meant I just meant what I said (laughs) (laughs) this is very subjective I don't think there's anything wrong with that because like I'm so used to like watching like a film more than once like if it's something like about film studies because I know when we had to do film studies we had to watch it more than once and I'm like I don't got time for that (laughs) yeah now now we're in the real world yeah (laughs) so uh so yeah um I think there were a couple more like side stories but they're pretty minor can you think of any or did we cover most of the side stories? I guess that was a side story and then oh the, the the other side story I remember was like that old guy who lived in the basement there was like this old man who let his whole apartment because I think he lived in the basement flood until like the whole thing was just always like an like a foot deep in water because it allowed the perfect environment for like frogs and snails to grow there and the snails were crawling everywhere, like on his face, on the chairs, on all the furniture, on all the walls. And he would take the live snails and eat yeah. them and throw his shells into this corner, which is why there was like piles of just their empty shells and then also live ones just everywhere. And it was really gross. <laughs> yeah, I think like he was trying to like create an environment so that he could like live off of it type of thing. I think so too, because he didn't want to be part of the whole system of death. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think like it was him, uh, Julie, and then Louison that were the only ones that didn't want to get mates from the butcher. <laughs> Sorry, the the little boys who live in the apartment complex are that guy's, what's his name? Marcel. Oh, they're Marcel's children, right? And I remember like they, they're always playing around and they're always complaining about being hungry because there's never enough meat and so they try to like steal a frog from that guy who lives in the basement yeah and then like the guy gets super pissed and like starts throwing stuff at him because he's like food yeah (laughs) yeah it was kind of funny that they were able to like get into the basement but it's like they're on the same floor but then at the same time they're not it's it's pretty interesting (laughs) architecture of the buildings definitely <laughs> yeah it's like all over the place <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah because the pipes the pipes that lead from one room into another room you can like talk into them so like the butcher's room had like open pipes that led to everybody's room so he could always hear what everybody was saying about him yeah and, like if julie like dropped something down her pipe it would go into like the circus guy louison's pipe and yeah because so like cool the way they did that yeah, because I remember, like, he fell asleep or something when she was playing the music, and she she thought that, oh, like, this is so romantic, but then he's, like, asleep, so then he takes him back to his apartment, and then, like, once she locks the door, she goes up to her room and then drops, like, the key 
back mm-hmm. into his room um yeah i really liked it like i think it gets so interesting that the pipes were like in the film without being obvious mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. it was almost like its own character in the film yeah i liked that too also i liked that moment where she was like he, trying to like tell him this deep secret about the hotel and he just like falls asleep and she looks at the tea she gave him and she realizes it's like a sleeping tea and then she has the idea where she's like oh if I give him this sleeping tea every single night and I tell him to take like a whole cup of it then so he'll never die <laughs> oh yeah like he he won't be in the hallway or whatever yeah he'll be passed out sleeping <laughs> yeah so he describes him oh take a teapot of this like every night before you go to bed it's nice the way she tried to save him <laughs> Well, because I get, I think like she actually generally liked him and that he had like a personality that was worth saving, I guess, compared to the past tenants or past like handyman. But yeah, uh, let's talk about the characters. Like, what are your thoughts on uh, Louison? I really liked him. He was a nice guy. He was really nice. He was charming. He was smart. He was like always helping people like Madame Pousset and like his whole job is like as a handyman to help people like and he's really good at it in a funny kind of way in like that kind of circus silly way like um when Madame Pousset like the bed springs were creaking in her bed because she and the butcher were sleeping together the whole time and so every time they slept together everybody in the apartment could hear it because of the bed springs and so he goes up there and he like bounces and he's like okay can you bounce with me so that I can hear which spring is broken and so they're just like ear, ear, ear. yeah <laughs> it's so funny <laughs> he's such a nice guy and also he's really smart you know yeah I think like he kind of what what's not to like about this guy <laughs> yeah. no I think like he was like the perfect guy like for this like apartment complex like, I think he he kind of reminded me of, like, Charlie Chap- Chaplin, mm-hmm. where it's, like, he's very, like, body um, kind of humor, where it's, like, he expresses himself, like, through his, like, movements or, like, his face gesture. His face um, is very, like, uh, expressive, too. Just the way his face is shaped, you know? Yeah. Yeah, just the way that like the actor's face is, it's pretty, it was pretty, it was a really good casting choice, I, I would say. Um, but yeah, like I, I remember like he would always like improvise things, like when he needed to paint like the ceiling and he couldn't reach it. So then he used his suspenders to help him. Like, like oh, yeah, he yeah. Up to the corner of the wall and he's just like painting all the yeah. Suspenders pull him back that was so funny yeah so he was he's really good at like improvising so it's like even you know in the bathroom scene he's like oh like I have a plan and then like he improvised to like flood the place so then it's like almost a defense mechanism I think like he did a really he was (laughs) yeah. yeah I would say like he's like probably the guy the perfect person that would challenge this whole idea of like getting meat source like that it's like he's too perfect that's like why would you kill him for the meat if like he you know he does everything he can entertain people he could help people he can be a handyman 
and then he can also improvise yeah <laughs> i don't know like I, I i generally liked him uh what do you think about julie i think julie was really nice too in her own way like she kept trying to help him even though she i guess like the reason why she wasn't so nice to the other tenants was because she was like oh they're part of the whole like trying to get meat thing by killing people they're okay with killing people they're not good people because they tried to like steal her package of cookies um because they probably just had an inkling that it was cookies and they just stole it anyway or they tried to anyhow but like when she sees that somebody is good and also it sounds like she did this before like where she tried to save tenants because when she went to her dad and told her don't kill this guy he was like you always say that you always say they're too good to kill like this isn't different and she was like no he's different yeah. <laughs> and she i feel like she actually gets into her dad's head at some point because the butcher goes through like a sort of like philosophical like experience where he's like am i evil like should i not kill people for me like is it not the right thing to be doing do you think i'm evil he's like talking to his mistress and he's like is it worth it to kill this guy and like she actually gets into his head and I think Julie's like always looking out for this guy too like with the tea and how she goes and finds the troglodytes like at first it's a myth and like nobody knows if they actually exist and then she's like just hunting in the sewers for something that might possibly not be there just for this guy Nurses too I, I think she's good yeah I think um I really like how um she is like a family relative of the butcher so there is like a really good conflict that's like the butcher is like trying to help the tenants like have like a source of food but then at the same time like it's conflicting with his daughter because it's like ruining their relationship because it's like she doesn't want to eat meats and but then he's like helping other people who love to eat meat to get a source of meat I would say like that there is like conflict with um, the two, like through like even before the movie started. That's like you could see like she doesn't really like her dad, and then like even he tries to like send her things. Like he sent her like this like fancy cookies or what whatever from his currency that he received, um, and then she's like, no, I don't want it. Like this is this is like um this was paid by um you getting um currency from yeah for the meats um and then I also I think like she's kind of funny in her own own way because I remember before she had like the date with Louise on she tried to remove the glasses and then so she's like okay like it takes five steps to get to this place it takes five steps to <laughs> like she's trying to like kind of like okay in her own way because when she broke the things when she couldn't see she's like oh i buy two of everything because i break things i'm like who does that that's so crazy and out there like it's very quirky that she is like that i agree with you she's a really she's good in that way too yeah like i i also agree that she is quirky and it, it kind of like matches with Louison. Like they're both weird people that <laughs> in their own way. It's not in a bad way, but it's just like they're both weird. Well, she's so she's quite spontaneous, I feel like, for like that time period. Cause even when he's like in the bathroom and he's like trying to blockade the cracks or he's trying to like block the cracks with her clothes, 
he like doesn't tell her what's going on because he's like too busy trying to do it and he just like he's like take off your clothes and she's like what yeah wasn't just pull some apart and she's just like okay (laughs) she's okay with it you know she's more okay with it for like a person of that time period I guess and she's just quite impulsive and and predictable and she like goes along with his stuff which is good you know it makes them a well-matched pair yeah I think like I think in that moment when like she thought that like he was going to have sex with her and not realizing that no he needs to close to like <laughs> cover the cracks that like I think at first she was like a little hesitant but then when she realized like what he is actually doing then she was like okay this isn't what I was thinking <laughs> and I think she might have been afraid to like be like wait are you trying to have sex with me like you know because then it would be awkward and then you'd be like no I'm trying to save you and then it's like oh okay and then it's this awkward moment where it's like okay like I'm sorry that I thought about that <laughs> uh, so let's move on to clap it what do you think about him I think he like I think they try to make him a bit unlikable and also like human because like it's true he enjoys killing people a little too much but also I feel like at the base of it like the foundation of it is just that he knows he needs to make money to provide food for his his tenants and his daughter you know so they don't die and that's why he can he can be susceptible to like a sort of like moral pause where he's like oh should I not be doing this am I wrong you know because if you're not like the slightest open to the idea of like morality then I don't think you can question it and so I think he's trying his best but (laughs) he's still kind of like an evil asshole (laughs) yeah I I agree like I I actually like the actor I think he had like a really um he did he played the role um like really well in Mm -hmm. my opinion I agree yeah, I did like that moment where he's like, okay, you need to scream. And then he's like, <laughs> and then she's just staring at him. And then he's like, no, you gotta scream. Like holding the knife up to his face is like, no, you gotta scream. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah, I, I liked, um, I liked this character because like, it is like, like, it's almost like a little bit of like Thanos that he has like a really good reason why he is a bad guy you know what I mean yeah it's like in his like evilness yeah like it's not like oh I'm just evil blah you know it's like no I have a reason (laughs) like I'm doing this because I'm trying to feed you know the people like in my building and like I'm trying to like keep peace you know and also like I'm also trying to bring in someone to help out with like the apartments you know to fix things while I'm like busy sweeping the floor because all I could see is like just sweeping the floor because I'm like yeah because he already butchered someone like that's it that was it like he doesn't need to do anything now he just sweeps 
I, I didn't pick up on that, but I think you're 100% right. Every single shot is like him just sweeping or buttery. <laughs> yeah. Because I think like the other time that he is not butchering, he's like counting currency. Like he's counting like the grain that he got. And it's like, okay, like why? <laughs> It's, that was a bit of a Scrooge moment. It was a bit of a like one penny, two penny, three penny, four. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think like maybe because like of the fact that he was getting all this grain that it caused him to become like almost like greedy. That it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm hoarding all these grains and not like maybe sharing it with people. I don't know. Because it's like, what does he do with the grains other than keeping them in, like, his basement? Buys his daughter cookies. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> and she doesn't even want them. She brings it back and it's like, I don't want it. <laughs> and then he's like, God damn it. <laughs> I, I gave you. Yeah. Win. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, I do agree that he kind of has some humanity in him because I remember in the beginning when Louison was working like the tenants were like oh like when are you going to kill him so we can have more meat and then he's like kind of like debating like oh should I you know have him should I not and even like sacrifice like someone else to like keep Louison alive like he killed the the grandmother mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know how great her meat was. I don't know. I don't eat meat. Like, I don't eat human meat, per se. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what a genetic vegetarian. <laughs> no, but I meant, like, I don't eat, like, grandma meats, okay? <laughs> right. You don't really know what the... Yeah. It's like, does it taste, like, decent? Like, I don't know. That's... I think we would have to deal with the like cows you know like if it's a happy cow and it's not stressed and it gets enough exercise and it eats the right kind of food then it's good but like I don't think that grandma's meat was that great because she just spent her whole time watching tv so the so the meat was like the bad kind of fatty (laughs) yeah like the muscle in it like strong muscle (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not like the that like famous like wabu meat from like Japan. Wagyu beef. Wagyu beef. (laughs) It's not like that. It's like probably like like what like a grade C meats or something. I'm not sure. Maybe it's pork. Like she becomes like a pork (laughs) instead of a cow. (laughs) Yeah, maybe she would have been better for bacon. Yeah, maybe. A car drive into my driveway. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Let's move on to like the other tenants. Cause like we could go to each person, but it's like I think overall we could like summarize like all together of what we thought about them. I feel like overall they were just kind of like the sheep, you know, they're like the the average people, the average person. <laughs> they weren't very like interesting I feel like the most interesting one was either like that guy in the basement with the frogs or the guy who like was obsessed with that woman and like got his leg cut off just to see if she was okay (laughs) like the other guys they were just kind of like I'm gonna do what I'm told I'm gonna do just what I do and I'm not gonna say or help or you know anybody (laughs) 
yeah I agree I think like each each person was like their own like they each had their own personality like even like Marcel was like totally different from his wife like his wife was like oh like nagging at him it's like oh when are you going to like get more meat when are we going to like do this do that and then he's like I'm I'm trying here like he's like just like listening to her but doesn't want to be part of the relationship and then I also like that because like he was like cleaning like a condom but like it's oh, a yeah, use he was filling it up with like water or something yeah it was something because I think like it's a reusable condom because like there are like two patches that he fixed and I'm assuming that those were the patches that caused like them to have the two sons I didn't see that (laughs) that's good there were like these like red patches like Uh like these two red patches around it so I'm assuming like that that's like the only condom that they have and so I guess like he was like using the water to see if it's leaking um Oh, that would be, I think you're on to something. I didn't understand what he was doing there, but I think you're right. I think that's what it was. Yeah, like, I, I, I like. Reusable condoms were a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who reuses condoms? <laughs> I mean, apparently in a post-apocalyptic world, like, I think people do. <laughs> there's no company like I don't think Trojan is like oh yeah we're still we're still working like we're still well you know even though like there is a an apocalyptic like world like we're still we're still selling things $4.99 for a condom (laughs) I don't think they're working (laughs) um yeah I like you're making me use all the condoms (laughs) But I also like that person. I also like the lady that was trying to commit suicide. Oh, she was she was bit funny. She was like weird in the head, but she was funny. Yeah, I lo- and then like I I like the uh, the twist in the end of her story where it turns out like no, it's like someone upstairs that's like oh no, like you're going to die. Come come with us. Yeah. It's well, just harder. It, it was the guy who was in love with her's like working partner because he was like, "She's not good enough for you. Like she should die." <laughs> yeah, maybe he had a crush on on um, like his business partner. Maybe that's he why. Was gay and he was like actually into him, and yeah, he, he didn't like him back. Yeah, I could see that. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's like <laughs> oh, if if I can't have him, no one can. <laughs> I can see that (laughs) yeah um and then yeah I just like I think like each one of them were pretty interesting and they had their own little stories and I think I I liked it because it added more layers to the film like yes we only talked about like the main story and then a little bit of the side stories but like if you watch it like you could see like everyone has like a backstory and everyone has like an explanation of why they're acting like this you know like the basement guy like he he's um like farming snails so for him to have like a like a reliable source of food like technically but yeah i think and it it kind of reminded me of like terry terry gilliam films like 
Brazil and I think um, it's like that one film that um, Heath Ledger was in before he uh, died. It was that, that like one of his last films that like Colin uh, Farrell and then Johnny Depp and I think someone else like pitched in to like f- help finish like the the film and to finish like you know the rest of um Heath Ledger's um like lines or like his like scenes mm-hmm. but yeah it's very I would say like the film is very Terry Gilliam inspired where it's like very like interesting like like every um almost like every prop has like a reason to be in there like the pipes and like the knives um and then like also with like um some of Louison's props that he would bring <laughs> like his clown shoes and <laughs> like they all have like a meaning or like a reason why they're in the film so yeah <laughs> well, what do you think about the uh, rebel group? Oh, I thought they were hilarious. Like their little costumes with the apron and like the the gloves down to their elbows and like the weird goggles. The fact that they all just like hide around and they like try to like ambush people. Like, hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I I also liked how like they were almost human. That you thought that there would be like a very like you know, on top of the group, like, that they were on top of everything, they knew what they were doing, but it's, like, no, they have flaws, like, just, like, the tenants that they bring, they, like, kidnap someone that they're not supposed to kidnap, and then they just leave the person there, and then come, go back. (laughs) They kind of reminded me of, like, in Peter Pan, like, the Lost Boys, you know, that one, like, either the Lost Boys or, like, um, Lord of the Flies, like, the boys on the island, Oh, yeah. Like, they're very, like, we're, like, a group of boys who are gonna, like, run around and rescue people with our goggles, and, like, they have this one, like, chubby guy, and, like, he gets shot, and then, like, the, they have, like, a few, like, <laughs> kind of dumber ones, like, the ones who got the wrong woman, and the, the like, head troglodyte is, like, you guys didn't see that, like, this person doesn't have clown boots, <laughs> like, it's been a male and then he was like the description was male with clown boots and they were like how how do we know it's not a male <laughs> and she like very clearly isn't a male she's like wearing a dress yeah his hair and everything and he's like what are you stupid like what do you mean do we need to check if it's a male <laughs> does it look like a male to you <laughs> Yeah, it's very, like, Monty Python, like, humor, where it's, like, very dry, and, like, it's, I would say, like, um, Jean-Pierre and then Mark had, like, a lot of influence of, like, Monty Python, and then also Terry Gilliam's, like, directorial um, films. Like, I think uh, with both of those, it kind of inspired, like, both the humor, like, the dark humor, and then also like just like the um, the way it looks, like the set design, and then also like even like the story plot. Um, yeah, I I think it was a really good film. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
because like I honestly didn't know that this was a film because like I only thought that John Pierre only did like a meal and then like that was it like <laughs> like I didn't know he also did Alien Resurrection and I was like well now I want to see Alien Resurrection to see like how well he did because apparently that was his only um, American film that he ever directed and ever since then he didn't want to um, direct another like American film yeah because I I read an article it was like an interview with him and then he said that like he didn't like the control that the producers had oh yeah I could see that <laughs> yeah like I think he 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 likes it when he can like do his own thing uh-huh. um have his own freedom to like yeah I mean like I think like A24 would be a great like you know production company or like development company to like work with because they're very much like that where it's like oh you can go go do your thing (laughs) compared to like maybe Disney or like Universal Mm -hmm. but yeah um do you have any last like thoughts on the film I liked it too. It was really weird, but <laughs> I think it was a it was a good idea, and I I think it, they did really well for the production design and the effects for that time. Like the whole thing with the flooding and the fall, like the the floor falling through, like with their budget, that was really good. Yeah, I didn't know that they had like a tight budget. Like, and neither. you couldn't tell from looking at it. No, it was like, uh, well done. Like I think. M- maybe like most of the money went towards like the flooding scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah. then everything else was like you have like a flooded apartment like how yeah it's pretty good for that budget I think they did really really well yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so that's it um thank you guys for listening to us we may do um like more French films or like just foreign films but yeah we'll see on our availability (laughs) uh but yeah thank you guys um for listening if you like have time on your hands you can watch uh a YouTube channel called virtual reality series and it is basically um kind of a web series that talks about um life like the dating life during quarantine especially during these like nine months that we've been dealing with um yeah it's on youtube it's called virtual reality series uh it's really good if you want to spend like five to ten minutes watching um the episodes they also have an instagram account called virtual underscore reality that's F-L-I-R-T-U-A-L. Um, and then you can also follow me and Miro on Instagram at podcasts, And you can also email us at podcasts at gmail.com. But thank you again. Thank you, Jennifer, for participating. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'll, yeah, like, I'll see you guys. Well, I don't see you guys, but come back next week for another episode. (laughs) Okay, bye.